Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season seven, episode 10. Ten. That's right. 10. We've made it. Yes, we have. To the peak of the season. Uh, so we're, we're coming to you today from uh, Columbus, Ohio, home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, all right. There you go. It's hockey. Now you're yeah, talking. You're of course, it's, it's sports related. Of course. Well, about yeah. half of these are sports related. And uh, so uh, <laughs> we are happy to be in uh, Columbus, of course. I'm Terry Smith, Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I am Alan Rathbun. I develop Kingdom Workers in Eastern PA and coordinate multiplication in the Northeast region. Long title just never goes away. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't. He told help us it. he wasn't going to give titles, and he, then he gives. I titles. didn't. I didn't give a title. I said what I do. <laughs> you do what you say, though. That's what we want. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! I feel so loved today. <laughs> and you are, and you are. Oh wait, being, that's my cue, right? That's your cue. Other other than being you are. I am Caitlin Guyberson, uh, equipping you podcast producer. And I guess this is my last episode. Yeah. Wow. wow that's crazy. Yeah. That is amazing. We've enjoyed having you along for the ride. Uh, Caitlin. You have made it delightful. And uh, you, you have. We've, uh, Somebody's got to keep Alan in line. It takes two I compliment her and she gives it back to me just like that. <laughs> so today we're going from A to Z. Oh, look at that. Alex. <laughs> Zell. Wow. Director nice. of Online Christian Ministries and Global Leadership. I want to be in charge of leading the globe. Yeah, that's you should, Terry. I think you're qualified. <laughs> at Crown Everybody College. would play baseball. <laughs> I don't see the problem with that at all, Caitlin. <laughs> Former uh, Alliance pastor, Alliance International worker. But we're kind of talking today about the value of Christian higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially graduate education, seminary type yeah. education as a piece of what it means to be a lifelong learner. Yeah. So Alan, you uh, kind of stepped into a master's program about the time you started in the district office with me. Uh, yeah. What, what right made you do that. that and what, what kind of value did it have to you? Well, for me, the big, the big factor for me was that I felt like the Lord really spoke to me through uh, Psalm 78, 22, where it said that David led Israel with integrity of heart and skill of hands. Mm. And I felt like I was doing it with integrity of heart, but that the church needed to go to another place where I needed greater skill of hands. And I just, it just was a driving conviction. And that sent me into an organizational leadership uh, masters. That's the story. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So grab yourself a jolly good soda. Mark Trinkle. One of our equipping you. Podcast I know Mark Trinkle. Uh, oh, Mid Atlantic District tells me that's a thing in Wisconsin. Wow! All right. So uh, grab yourself a jolly good soda. Sit back, relax. Here we go. And we're pleased to welcome to Equipping You Podcast, Dr. Alex Zell. Alex, welcome, and uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. 
Well, thank you for having me, Terry. So uh, we'd love for our listeners to get to know you a bit. Can you uh, tell us uh, some things about your background, how you came to know Christ, and uh, maybe what your call to ministry looked like? All right. Uh, first of all, I, um, I grew up in uh, a Christian home, but my parents got saved when I was about five. And I, I, I was um, about seven years old, and I kept having nightmares that Jesus came back and took my parents, but left me. And so I was going to a good news club, and on that Tuesday as it was coming up, I said, I am going to stay after I'm going to give my life to Christ. And uh, so I, I did that, and God changed me right then, I could tell that something happened. I was concerned for my, my friends, my friend Johnny, my friend Pat. I just had to tell them about Jesus. And then as I continued to go to church, I was going to the Toledo Gospel Tabernacle Church in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, now they call it First Alliance. And I, I went to missions conference every year. And when I was 12 years old, uh, there was a missionary speaking named Tom Sawyer, and uh, he's been serving in a lot of different places, but at that time he was serving in Peru, and he was, believe it or not, uh, on a riverboat to tell the indigenous tribes about Jesus. And so uh, as, as he was speaking, I felt God was telling me that he wanted me to do what this man was doing. Now, at the time, I thought literally I was supposed to go and be a missionary to Peru and to the, the people on the Quitos River. Uh, but later, God helped me to understand a little better what, um, what he really meant. But uh, I was 12 years old. Uh, I, the Lord confirmed it when I was about 18. I was reading at the end of the Gospel of, of John. And Peter is being reinstated, and Jesus keeps asking him, Peter, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. And I, I, I really sensed that God was not talking to Peter. He was talking to me, yeah. that he wanted me to feed his sheep. Right. And so I went to, well, that's my call, <laughs> in a nutshell. Yep. It's a great little story. Uh, I love the irony of Tom Sawyer yeah. ministering on a riverboat. That is, uh, I think his wife was Becky. I'm not sure. But. Man. Wow, that is really uh, interesting. That's funny. That's great. Well, you know, one of the things we love to hear from all of our guests is uh, what leaders have been influential in their life and ministry. So who's been particularly influential for you, Alex? That, that's a hard question because there's so many. Uh, I, I think God just has somebody for each stage of your life. You know, it's not like just one person. And so first, uh, my mom and my dad, uh, Don and Rosalie Zell, my dad was very determined and uh, he was, uh, well, he still is. He, he's <laughs> Both my parents are still alive and I, I'm very thankful for them. So he, he was the one that was always changing things and, and looking at things a different way. He got saved uh, in, in his mid-20s. And, and so church, he didn't want church to be the same way it's always been done. And so he would share with me things that uh, he, he thought 
it should be done differently. And, and the Lord used him on boards and different things. My mom was the, the English teacher, and, and she helped me to really have a love for learning. After that, uh, there, there were just tons of leaders. Um, when I went out to plant a church, I had one of the best church planters, Reuben Strecker, to, to teach us, my, myself and another greenhorn, how to plant churches. And uh, it, 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 I didn't know, but he was like the best person that could teach you. And, and he taught me something that helped me through the rest of my, my ministry and to, to, to today. And that is, he said, you have to raise up leaders. You can't just expect them to come already built, already made. And he said, actually, if they come already made, they're going to be set to turn your church a certain way or a different way. And so uh, he taught me the Second Timothy 2-2 principle, train others to train others. Right. And, and that's what I've been doing for the rest of my life here. Um, so Ruben was another one. Um, as, as I was going into, into ministry, as I was going into, um, I, 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 was a, I served in Brazil for, for many years. Jirinjir Yanni Gihana taught me a lot. I, I served under him in a, a seminary there in Brazil. And then we worked together on a multicultural team uh, in, in my last term. And I just saw the wisdom of him bringing cultures together, getting people to, to understand uh, each other's point of view. And, and uh, here, here's an interesting illustration. He was explaining to he we were on the board of of a alliance church there and and someone shared their their idea and i listened to him say you know that is a wonderful idea uh i i love this and this and this about it and he just thanked the person and then he stopped and he said i i have another idea and he proceeded to say exactly the opposite of what this man had said. And everybody loved it. And, and including this, this man voted for this different idea. And I, I just, I learned a lot from him and his life and his, his friendship. And uh, so I've been blessed through, through all, of, all of my ministry to have mentors. I looked for mentors sometimes in Ohio. I was a lead pastor of a church, and I didn't really have somebody to talk about in the church about strategy and about problems. And so I, I looked around who in the, in the district that could I learn from. And so I took Jonathan Schaefer out to lunch once a quarter. I took Myron Dom out to lunch once a quarter. And I learned from them, and they're, they're fantastic leaders. And, and so if you want to keep learning, if you want to keep growing, if you want to become the leader that God wants you to be, you have to listen to mentors. And if you don't have them around, you got to find them. Great attitude. So uh, I know you're a listener to Equipping You podcast, Alex, because you've uh, ripped on me before when I uh, uh, mentioned that I'm an alum of Toccoa Falls and failed to mention that I'm an alum of Crown College. <laughs> I am both, by the way. 
And uh-huh. uh, I know that I'm your favorite host on the Equipping You podcast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> realize that. That's without question. Mm-hmm. But what's your favorite episode? Do you have a favorite episode of Equipping You podcast? Uh, well, that, that is a hard question because as I was, I was thinking about them, I was like, okay, uh, Richardson and I went to Trinity together and we talked about different subjects and classes and I really like what he's doing. David Jones and I served in Brazil and we actually went to Angola and, and taught where the first missionaries went. And so I like what he's doing to bring some of the the Alliance history to print. And so it doesn't die. Wow. There's like, there's like too many. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. What's that? That's a perfect answer. There's too many good episodes. (laughs) There there really are. I I mean, I I was looking through some of them and I, you know, Amy Redding teaches for us and, and I like what she's doing to recruit for the CMA. She's actually recruiting during her class. Uh, Um, they're, they're, you guys are doing a great job, and you know I don't mean to stroke your ego. I was just looking at down at the list of of the things. Uh, Warren Bird and I went to ATS, and I just saw how once he started partnering with other authors and helping them to have a voice. I mean, he just started cranking out the books. Everybody wanted him to to write with them because you know he did most of the heavy lifting, and and they got their message out. So, I mean, you, you, you've interviewed a lot of great people, and I think you continually will. The, the, the only one I'm puzzled about is this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're happy puzzled. to have you we're on. We're not puzzled. So tell us, yeah. uh, you know, having been a local church planter and pastor, also being an Alliance International worker, how, how did you end up making the shift to the academic world? Okay. I, I think it was gradual. It started early, though. It started back in even um, 1989 when I went back to the Alliance Theological Seminary to finish my MDiv. I had just planted a church with a buddy of mine, and it it, it went well. But there were so many things that I didn't know. Uh, I I was I went to to Coa Falls College, and I I got a missions degree, and so I was all ready to be a missionary, but. I wasn't ready to be a pastor. I, I kind of missed all of those things about how to preach, how to teach, how to uh, counsel, how to uh, do administration in the church. And so uh, I went back to seminary to, to get some of those tools. And while I was there, I because I, I played basketball at Tacoa and, and my Greek wasn't so good. I went. I had to take Greek again, and and then I, I. What is that? Terry's always fluent in every language you can come up with. So, goes oh, okay, with, goes without saying, Alan. Yeah, so so I I had to take it again, and this time it clicked. Then I took advanced Greek, and Doctor Seguntas asked me at the end of the semester. He said, "Alex, would you be willing to teach intermediate Greek next semester?" He said, "I always choose the best student to teach." It's intermediate, but it's really kind of remedial. It's those who, who didn't get it the first time with, with advanced, with regular Greek. And so I, I, I did that uh, for the Alliance Theological Seminary, taught intermediate Greek. And when I got home from the first day, I told my wife, I said, 
wow, this is great. You know, when I explain something and they get it, the lights turn on and, and they, it's like, this is like what I was made for. And she said, I know you had the gift of teaching. I said, don't say that. I said, I want the gift of apostle, the gift of church planter. <laughs> and uh, God chose to give me the gift of Apollos, the gift of teacher. And I, he, he was gracious to, to me to allow me to partner with church plants. So I'm not the people magnet, the, the church planter, but I, I, I can be a part of that and help to equip and train the leaders. And so that was the start, was teaching, uh, teaching Greek. Then the first, first term, those are four-year terms at, with the Alliance in, in Brazil, they asked me to teach Greek just at the end of the semester, uh, end of the four years, Greek in Portuguese. And they never let anybody teach at all in the first, the first four years of their ministry, but they really needed a Greek teacher. And so I did. I taught, I taught Greek to them, and I did, I did an all right job. Uh, but my problem was I didn't understand their grammar, how to explain it. So I had to go back. I'd say, this is a noun. This is a verb. And they said, what's a noun? What's a verb? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I can't go back that far. The, the Lord used me not just then, but in every, whether I was a pastor or a missionary, he used me to equip leaders. And it, it, it's kind of amazing how I couldn't have planned this. In fact, I, I really wanted to do something different. And because I was called, I felt called to Peru, I wanted to go to any South American country except Brazil because they speak Portuguese instead of Spanish. And I thought, well, if I, if I get sent back to the U.S., Spanish is, is a real valuable language, but hardly anybody speaks Portuguese. So God knew best, and he, he sent me. Uh, to Brazil, and and my wife and I just loved it. We had 14 years there, and it was always training, always equipping. Yeah. And I've done that as well as as a pastor. Even though I was I was teaching, uh, I was well, like in my last church of six years, I I was turning the church around. And as I was turning around, I was training leaders because. They, they had a, a lot of leaders that were in the wrong spots. They had a lot of leaders that were, were not trained. They, they, they had a very small view of Christ and what he could do in their lives. So I was trying to help leaders to be who God wanted them to be. So it's Wonderful. just kind of what God does. Yeah. Well, I love it along our journey as we figure out how God's wired us and those I was made for this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, God's made you to raise up leaders, train leaders, equip leaders, and, and that's fantastic. One of the key, very key things in ministry. So you're uh, the leader of the Crown Graduate Program, and uh, mm -hmm. wondering what a typical Crown Graduate student looks like. Are they typically fresh out of their undergraduate program? Or have they typically been involved in vocational ministry for a few years? Or are they mid-career people who are shifting into vocational ministry? Yes. <laughs> All of the above, huh? They really are. Yeah. Uh, we, we have some 
people that are fresh out of their grad school, their, their undergrad on campus uh, and some online that are, are, are very, very young, okay? We have what's called an accelerated program where in their junior and senior year, they can start working on their grad classes. I, I don't, some, there are other schools that have this, but I know that uh, the Alliance doesn't have this in the other schools yet. Okay, so what happens is in, in their junior and senior year, they're getting half of their degree for their, either their MA in Christian Studies or their MDiv. And so they're saving between $9,000 to $18,000 just right off the bat. Then we have a scholarship that adds another $4,500 from uh, a wealthy donor so that the, he, his whole idea is that they would thoroughly train young people to be the leaders of today, not of tomorrow, but of today. And we're seeing, we're seeing people come out of this that are, are planning churches right out of their degree. We, we, we see people that are, are going into residencies. They're serving in some of the big churches. They're ready. And, and so we're, we're working on that. So they're very young. Okay, then we have a lot of people who are they started their career in something else and then they 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 decide, well, I'd like to plant churches or I'd like to be a pastor. And so they're going to be bivocational probably. They're going to be investing maybe in the, in the, the the greenhouse or in some of the other uh, ministries for planting churches. And so they don't want to uproot. They have a decent job somewhere. And they don't want to uproot and go somewhere else. So we bring school to them with the online education. Then we have people who are, are mid, middle-aged. And they maybe it's a career change or maybe it's just a reboot. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of things that I learned 20 years ago, actually now it's 30 years ago, don't work anymore. If a pastor just keeps on doing the same thing over and over again, he's going to get the same results. And so a lot of what, what I see are pastors that are, that are moving on to get an additional education. Maybe they, they, they got started on a degree. Maybe they have an MA and they want to get an MDiv. So we have a way that they can complete that. Our MDiv is 72 credits. It's the... The, the legal minimum for an MDiv, uh, and a, a lot of people want to get maybe a doctor of ministry, and so they want to uh, fill out their their masters and and get onto an MDiv. We've been working on the the getting the accreditation for the Association of Theological Schools. We have a visit coming up in December, and uh, we're already accredited with with all of the the whole nation. But some, some chaplains like this, uh, military chaplains and, and that, so that um, it's just an extra uh, certificate. It's an extra certification. So we're just trying to continually improve. And what we really love is our partnership with the churches, the church-based partnerships, where we are teaching the, the principles but they are on the ground and they're, they're walking with the student to help them with ministry skills. They're helping them with character development. They're helping them 
in the day-to-day. And so we partner with them. So they have, you know, cause we can't, we can't watch everybody and we don't really want to, but uh, they have a close contact with the person. They can mentor them. And then we give them the training and the principles. Even our classes are designed because I, I don't like just academics. I mean, I got a PhD, right? But I, I like theory and practice mixed together. To me, to, to just have the theory is, is worthless. To just have practice means it's, you're, you're like a mechanic that says, I'm going to pull out this part and see if it is the right one. Nope. Put it back in, pull out another part. I mean, you go to the latest seminar and and try to add it to your church. So we need to be grounded in Christ and in the, in the principles of the word. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. That's very helpful. So uh, I was 45 years old and had been in ministry 23 years when I stepped mm-hmm. into my crown master's program. And uh, really I was appreciated pretty far into ministry as well when I stepped into graduate work. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's great value in that. Talk about that a little bit more. Related to students who are already engaged in ministry, what do you see as the value of them pursuing graduate education? And, and what are some of the things uh, that you hear from students as they're doing it or after they're doing it, after they've finished it? Well, uh, the, the first one, um, what, what do I hear from the students? They're almost, almost every class I hear that they're being able to apply what they're learning while they're in ministry. As, as a matter of fact, I had a complaint from a student that hadn't, didn't have any ministry experience. And he said, you know, it's a little hard for me to do this assignment because it says to take these principles and put them into my ministry. And it's like people who are already in ministry can, can actually uh, apply what they're learning better than to just put all the information in our heads and wait a few years and then apply it. Also, all, all of our professors are bivocational in the sense that they are pastoring somewhere and then they are also teaching. Many times in seminary, I, I would see pastors and I would, I would look, you know, professors and I would look at their amount of ministry experience and it might be two or three years, like, to just help them get through their doctorate. And, you know, that makes a kind of heady and kind of theoretical professor. And, and so these, these folks are on the ground and they're counseling their students even while they're going. So I've many times had students say, you know, I was in a jam and I just asked my professor, you know, what are some of the things I should think about in this situation? And he helped me so much. So that's what I'm hearing from them a lot is these classes aren't just principles and theory, but they're also practice. And uh, we're, we're able to mix those things together well. So that's one thing that I'm hearing. I'm also, I'm also hearing that they're very grateful for the fact that they could, and this is similar to it, to continue to be in ministry and not have to just move to somewhere away from their ministry context and uh, kind of be in a greenhouse for a few years. You know, I don't really like that system. Even, even our students that are on campus are doing internships and they're, 
They're going in in Christian service into the Twin Cities, and they're trying to continue to mix what they're learning with uh, their their practice. I had a list of some of the quotes that a few people have said here. One, one second. They don't want to put words in their mouth. Rather hear from them. Here's a church planter. Uh, his name is Bali. He said, God has been doing some big things and writing this story for quite some time. I'm grateful for how Crown has equipped and supported me to receive this call. Another, another student a graduate says this, my professors prepared me to practically live out all that I was learning as I shepherd God's people. A collaborative learning, learning environment allowed me to be molded by the experiences and insights of my peers. This is an MDiv graduate who's gone on to a PhD. And as a matter of fact, uh, he teaches for us now. Here's one. Students who are already in ministry know experientially what they need to learn. I went back to seminary. This is mine. I went back to seminary after participating in a church plant. Like me, you may have felt your shortcomings and learned from your mistakes. You are asking the right questions that are motivated to be more effective in Christ's kingdom advancement. So I've, I've got a whole list of these. Yeah, that's great. I don't know how many you need. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Convinced us. Yeah, we are convinced. You know, I think one of the, I definitely was one of those pastors uh, was putting off uh, doing some graduate work, was going down the road thinking, I don't have time to get this done. You know, how can I add this to my life? Uh, and I came to a place where I had to kind of fish or, or cut bait <laughs> and I went for it. Uh, so what would you say to a student uh, pastor who says, I don't have time or money to do this. What, what would you say to him straight up? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good question. Um, I would kind of say uh, you really don't have time or you know, not to be trained uh, in gospel ministry. When, when God was calling me to ministry, I was I was in Brazil and uh, to to higher education and Martin Sanders came to speak to our mission us as missionaries and he said the the basic um, mentoring question he said what do you feel God wants you to do if money were not a hindrance and I knew immediately that God wanted me to go back and He wanted me to to study and get a doctorate and. My wife and I prayed about it, and we set out a fleece, and I said this. I said, you know, God doesn't want us to be in debt. So, God, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to provide for it, and you're going to have to show me. This is kind of like a fleece. You're going to have to show me that you want me to do it. And so the application for getting into Trinity was $200, and I didn't have $200. And I said, Lord. Here's a good example. If if you give me $200, then I'll know that you want me to turn in this application. Alan, that day, uh, I got an email from the national office. You know, when, when somebody gives you a personal gift, they, they, they send you an email uh, as a missionary. And it's they said, uh, someone, so-and-so gave you $200 uh, for your personal expenses to do with whatever you want, you know, and they give it to you so you can thank them. And, and I was like, Julie, this isn't even like 150 and we have to throw in 50 or this is the same number that we need. Like, wow, could God be more clear? Yeah. And yeah, it just all through my time to get 
my PhD, God provided. One, one day I was, uh, you know, I took my first class with Dr. Tianu. He was teaching at Trinity. And then uh, my second class, I had, I had paid for the first week. The second week I hadn't paid for yet. And it was like $1,000 each week. And I was like, God, you know what I said. You know, if, if the money doesn't come in, I got to pull out. And so I, I went to class. It was 9 o'clock to 12. And the director of the program invited me into his office after, after my class. And I was like, Alan, I thought he was going to tell me, you know, you're not cutting it. And, you know, just buy, you know. And, and he said, when are you done with your missionary tour that you can come full time and, and live here? Cause I was like commuting to get to class. And he's, he, I said, well, you know, at the end of the year in December, I, I will be done with my missionary tours and then, then I can come. He said, well, I'd like to offer you a job. Said, you work for me, you pay, you get a stipend and your, your tuition will be paid. And I was like, oh, praise God. Now, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. But but I still owed that $1000. That was for next year. And so I said, "Okay, Lord, you did it for next year. I still need this." And then so I talked to my wife. My wife was in Connecticut. I was there in, in uh, Illinois, and I said, "I've got some good news for you." And I told her my good news, and then then she said, "Well, I've got some good news for you." She said, "You remember that 3 months ago we went to a church and we spoke on a Saturday. They wanted our whole family there. And we did, uh, we brought them all and they gave us a little gas money and they told us they were going to take an offering. And I didn't really have a lot of faith. I'd never seen that they took offerings after we were there. And so she said, I got a check today from that church for $3,000. And so I felt like it was God telling me, sit down, shut up. I've got this. It paid for all of this class and the next class. That's great. And I believe that God still provides. And and if you're trusting him rather than, you know, trying to maneuver and figure it all out, then he will provide. So if God wants you to, then you should do it. Amen. I love that story, Alex. Beautiful stuff. Hey, tuition discounts for Alliance students at Crown College. Do those exist? Well, they sure do. Uh, we, we have uh, now, it used to be just 25% for official CMA workers, right? But now it's for um, if you attend a CMA church. Okay. Uh, that's for the online. Yep. Uh, for on-campus they're 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 working out some great deals. I think they have on campus. They have four uh, CMA church members or, or who attend uh, CMA church. Uh, that's like one half of the tuition. I think it's just for new students coming in. So they're they're really trying to help. You also want to compare because we also have what's called the the Alliance School Matching, and what that that is is that if somebody else has a better deal, we'll match it uh, in, in the tuition area. So, Okay. That's fantastic. Hey, really appreciate what you're doing, Alex, your passion for uh, raising up the next generation of uh, leaders uh, and your, you know, your passion for uh, graduate studies for people in ministry. 
we're not necessarily in this uh, episode just trying to promote Crown. We are trying to promote Crown, but also all of our Alliance schools, Sequoia Falls College, Simpson mm-hmm. University, A.W. Tozer Seminary, Nyack College, and uh, Alliance Theological Seminary as well. So there are a lot of options out there for our uh, Alliance leaders and up-and-coming leaders. And uh, we would simply say, be lifelong learners, stretch yourself, follow what God wants you to do, trust him, he'll provide, but uh, don't stop learning and don't stop developing as a leader and don't stop developing other leaders. Yes, yes. And so I know you're uh, passionate about those things. So thanks for taking the time to be with us today, Alex. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Alan. All right. So appreciate what uh, Alex had to say and uh, emphasis on uh, us developing leader as leaders yeah. and developing other leaders. And I like the stories about faith. Yeah, that you was know, good. God's we leading you that. to do this thing yeah. and, and get into some formal education. Yeah, absolutely. He's it makes provide. a big difference to take that, you know, and uh, I actually appreciated his emphasis on raising up leaders. Yeah. I remember my official church planting was the church planter toolkit from Bob Logan. Yes. And the subtitle was that of that was raising up leaders for the harvest. Right. Uh, so that has always stuck with me. And I resonate with that because yep. if we don't raise up leaders, then, well, we're not going to see multiplication for the gospel. Stagnant leadership pool, stagnant church. Oh, look at that. Yep. This so is... uh, without a doubt. So, so uh, thanks for listening. Equipping you podcast listeners. We really appreciate it. Enjoy chatting with you when we're out and about and yes, we do. hearing what you like about Equipping You podcast. Next time uh, will be season eight. Wow, that's crazy. Season eight. And you believe they let, this keep, let us no, keep doing I, this. I, yes, I can. Because as our guest just said, we have so many good episodes. So why wouldn't they keep it going? Indeed. Right? Indeed. So uh, until season eight, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.